0: Victory Young Adults. Man, can we give Jesus Christ the loudest shout of praise we can give tonight? Because at the end of the day, it's all about him. He's He's, he's actually my brother. We were, you know, separated at birth, but the Lord allowed us to come back together. But no. We get that all the time, man. I love your pastor, uh, Pastor Vance and Gabrielle. Can we give it up for them? Oh, no, we could do better than that. Can we give it up for your pastor? Your pastors? Um, they have become really good friends of my wife and I, uh, brother and sister. And one thing I can let you guys know, Victory Young Adults, is that your pastors, they love the Lord, they love His word and they love you. (laughs) I mean, we've had countless conversations where he's just like, bro, I'm just, I have this burden, and he's fasting, and he's praying. Like, how do I navigate stewarding the people that God has allowed me to lead and steward? And I've seen him cry. I've seen him just navigate difficult things and decisions, all with the heart of loving you and getting you to where God wants you to be. Not where he wants you to be, but where God wants you to be. So one more time, give it up to your pastors. And in the spirit of honor, I want to give honor to the founding pastors, Pastor Dennis and Colleen. They've laid a great foundation here, really good foundation. You know, we honor and we respect this house and what you guys are doing to bring uh, restoration and reconciliation to the body of Christ. And also to uh, Pastor Johnson and Pastor Summer um, and the way they lead. They lead so well, and we're just honored to watch how God literally leads them and leading you. So God is just good. But I do, really quickly, I'm all about honor. I want to give honor to my wife, my boo. Stand up, boo. Stand up, boo. Stand up, boo. The Bible is very clear. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. And God knows, God knows I found a good thing the way the way you love y'all, it's a reason we got four kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, just, y'all take that however y'all want to. Grace, grace, but we're married, we're married. But the way you love me, the way you support me, the way you pray for me, I'm sitting there just navigating things and she just comes and she just starts praying for me. So thank you for who you are, not just what you do, but who you are and being one of the best people that I know. So, and shout out to my team, uh, Madison, Gabriel, Skyler, Faith, my crew here from Freak. Oh, we can do better than that. Can y'all give my family some love? Awesome, awesome. Victory Young Adults, I'm excited to be here tonight. And I feel like God has put something on my heart um, to encourage you because I feel like as, as young adults, we're always in the valleys of decisions. We're always in spaces where we're trying to navigate our life and make choices and prayerfully and have God guide us. But I believe there's this subtle thing that the enemy always wants to do to bring discouragement and to bring distraction and to bring us to a place of thinking that God wants to break our heart. When he never wants to, he just wants our heart. He wants to love us. He wants to just comfort us and he wants to give us peace. But there's things that the enemy does in the valley of decisions to try to bring us to a place of heartache and heartbreak. And even to a place of getting off the path that God has for us. So I'm on assignment tonight to bring a word to not only encourage you, but to bring divine perspective to make sure you in line with what God has for your life. Amen? Amen. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to 2 Peter 1, if you have your Bibles or your phones. But I'm going to read from the Passion Translation tonight because I just love the way it reads. And it's going to really set up where we're going tonight. But this is Peter talking. Here in verse 20, 2 Peter 1, verse 20. And he says this. He says, you must understand this at the outset. (laughs) I got to take that Holy Ghost sip. He said, interpretation. Now, here's where we're landing. This is important. This next line I want you to highlight. I want you to circle because this is very important. He says, interpretation of scriptural prophecy requires the Holy Spirit for it does not originate from someone's own imagination. No true prophecy comes from human initiative but is inspired by the moving of the Holy Spirit upon those who spoke the message that came not from me, not from some president. Not from some government official, not from some teacher, not from some anybody else, but came from God, the Bible says. So the title of my message tonight is Idolized Interpretations. Idolized Interpretations. Now go with me and flash back to August of 2016. Those who have heard me come and speak here at Victory Young Adults, you've probably heard part of this story, but I was in college coaching for 10 years. I coached college basketball, and I was at this place where God pulled me out of college coaching. Didn't fully understand it, didn't know why, but I was trying to navigate his will and his purpose for my life. So here I am now. I'm about three months removed from leaving coaching, and I'm like, Lord, what is next? What's next? I'm here with no job. I'm single at the time. I'm like living in my cousin Carl's uh, spare bedroom just trying to figure out, Lord God, where are you going to take me? Where are you going to take me? And I'm praying and navigating the next step, but then I get this opportunity. I get this offer to be an assistant dean of admissions of a school in New York. So here I am navigating the valley of decision, and I'm thinking like, okay, God, this must be you, right? I I don't have a job. This makes sense. This opportunity, this job, you, you may be presenting this to me to take it because I don't have a job. It just makes sense. But here's the irony of it. I knew deep down in my heart that job wasn't for me. I I knew it. I knew it. But as I was praying and seeking God and seeking him to tell me what to do, whether or not to take it or not, I wanted to make sense of the whole thing. Even to the point of every conversation that I had with people, I almost wanted them to say, yes, take it, because it would have made my decision easier to where I'm like, okay, they told me to take it, let me just take it. But I'm, I'm wrestling with God and I'm navigating this thing and I'm trying to have conversations with people on whether or not I should take it. But again, deep down in my heart of hearts, I knew that that job wasn't for me. But here's what happened. I began to interpret God's will and God's voice through the lens of these things. Again, man, God, I know I shouldn't take it, but it's a job. It's a job. And right now, I don't have a job. I need a job. I need money. I got bills. Because those bills don't stop coming, do they? Y'all know that the job may change, but them, bills, them bill collectors are like, um, Mr. Marshall, uh, we're here to collect. <laughs> but I'm like, man, God, I, you know I need a job. What should I do? And I know I, I think I should take it because I need a job. But I was also deciphering God's will and his voice through the lens of, man, this job is more money than I was making in my previous job. So this is definitely you, God, because there's more money in this thing. Say, more money, more money. (laughs) And I was like, okay, it's more money. I know this is you talking, God. This is your opportunity. I was deciphering the will of God and the voice of God through the lens of, man, this thing is, I had status as a coach. You know, I was wearing the suits on the sideline. I was on ESPN, my family was watching me and I had some status, I felt good about myself. So stepping into this job, I'm like, it made sense. Okay, I'm going to keep the respectability of my friends and my family if I take this one, because I'll still wear a suit, I'll be able to travel, and they'll see me as somebody. I also was deciphering the will of God and the voice of God through the lens of, man, I'm going to be around people I know. I know people at that school. I'm about three hours from home where my mom and my family is. It just made sense to me, but... Here's the thing. It checked all of the earthly boxes, but it (laughs) checked the boxes of me, but it didn't check the spiritual boxes. It didn't check the boxes of God's purpose for my life. It didn't check the boxes of God's calling for my life. It didn't check the boxes of God's direction and what he wanted me to do and where he wanted me to go. But I was processing it through the lens of earthly things that, again, money, it's a job, it's status, it's career, it's close to home. And this is what we do. One of the things I've had to sort of understand and and figure out and learn, Victory Young Adults, is that when it comes to being led by God and when it comes to him asking us to do things and when it comes to us making certain decisions, sometimes when it comes to God, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And here I am in the Valley of Decisions. Now I'm at this place where it's the day before I have to make a decision. And I'm sitting here praying, and I wind up going to this worship night that Carl invited me to. And I'm in there worshiping like, God, just tell me, man, I just want to do what you want me to do. Like, come on, Jesus. And I'm having it out with God. And in the moment, by the end of the night, I felt it so strong. The Holy Spirit said, don't take that job. That's what I said. Y'all was like, "Mmm." <laughs> I said, help me, Jesus. <laughs> now hear me, not taking that job did not make sense. It didn't make sense. Not taking that job went against my mind. Not taking that job went against my reason. Not taking that job went against what I wanted to do and what I wanted to accomplish. Not taking that job went against my reputation and my status. Not taking that job went against even what other people thought was God's plan for me. It just did not make sense. But I share this tonight because I believe the Lord wants to shed some light on this. And he wants us to understand that we are all praying for something. We are all trying to navigate something. It could be we're trying to pray for a job and we're praying for career or we're praying for a relationship or to get married. We could be praying for school and what school choice or what major to take on. We could be praying for opportunities so Many things we could be praying or expecting or wanting, but the thing we have to watch out for is idolized interpretations. That based on what could be an idol in our mind, you know, the very thing that's at the frontal cortex of our mind consistently, man, I just want to get the bag. Man, I just got to make this money. The things that always, we're always thinking about, man, I just, I need a boo. I just... (laughs) Y'all, <laughs> y'all just tone <told> on y'all. <laughs> the thing we just cannot stop thinking about, the thing that we're always, anytime we go in our prayer calls, we don't even say, thank you for a new day, God. Like, God, you know I'm still waiting. <laughs> you know those idols or the idols that are in our hearts, the things that we want so bad, the things that we desire almost to an unhealthy place. And not to mention the idols that sometimes we have in our souls where we rely on things that make us feel special or we rely on things to complete us or we rely on things to sort of master the things that are wounds or insecurities. And that's the one thing that God showed me. There's things in your soul, son, that you need to navigate because that car is not going to fulfill you. That relationship is not going to fulfill you. That money that you think is going to make you somebody is not going to fulfill you. All it is is just a distraction and an idol trying to pull you away from my goodness and my mercy. But these are things that we are navigating. And here's what you have to understand. Those things that are idols in our minds and our hearts and our souls will lead us to a place of interpreting Scripture a certain way. Where we start to manipulate God's word a little bit. Well, it didn't really say that. He said that like, he'll bless me. Yeah, but blessing comes with obedience and submission. But based on our idols, we'll interpret scripture to fit our narrative, to fit our life. Idolized interpretations will have us interpreting the voice of God a certain way. God's saying, get out, of, get out of that relationship. And you're taking it as God is saying to just hold on for a second. They're just, I know they're crazy, but God's working on them. Yeah, he's working on them, and he's telling you to step away because there's a lot of work they need to do that's going to, if you don't allow God to work with it, it's going to cause issues and hurts and pains in your life. But we'll interpret the voice of God through idolized interpretations. We will interpret prophetic words through idolized interpretations. The Lord said, I I got a prophetic word for you. The Lord said he's going to bless you real good. Hey, y'all, I just got a prophetic word. The Lord said he's going to give me a car, y'all. Here's another example. Oh, man, the Lord said I'm about to get married tomorrow. I told you she was looking at me. I knew it. I knew it. But we will interpret prophetic words based on idols that we have in our mind, hearts, and our souls. We'll also interpret God's will for our life based on idolized interpretations. That God is saying I have called you to do great things. That doesn't mean he's ask you to start up a business God has called me to do great things doesn't mean he's called you to be a pastor he may want you to just pastor your home oh man I feel like God has called me to be a man amongst boys yeah you have to be a man amongst boys to be a man that lead boys idolize interpretations this is why the Bible is clear and this is why the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Because as a man or woman thinketh, is how they will interpret those things. Whatever's in our minds, that's how we're gonna start to interpret the things of God. So if I'm always thinking of the bag, I'm always thinking that God wants me to do things that deal with money. No, God may want you to just be in church to submit your will and your life to him so that he can do something incredible, that he can break off generational curses, that he can heal your broken heart, that he can bring you to a place of deliverance and freedom, that you're walking in the new nature that God has called you to walk in. But that means we have to allow the Lord to renew our minds, to alter some things. Do you know the Greek word for renewing is reconstruction? So he wants to reconstruct our mind to a way that we're not dealing with a thought process based on broken things, based on past things, based on things that used to have us in captive captive and in bondage. He wants us to have a renewed mind to where we think on things above, not things below. That we walk with a nature that we are definitely not to tell, but we are walking with the Jesus who died for us and we know he the head. But can we allow the Lord to renew our mind that as we think through interpretations, we are thinking through it with a level of purity, with a level of righteousness, and with a level of holiness. And this is why, too, the Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Because sometimes our hearts will make it seem like what we want is God's will. It's the other way around. Our hearts are supposed to align with God's will. We don't tell God our will. Well, God, I'm telling you right now, this is what I want. I want a six-figure job. I want to live in a mansion. I want a wife and I only want two kids. God, God's like, uh, first of all, how can you ask for six figures and you, don't, you haven't worked a job in like three years? <laughs> Yo, we're just keeping it real tonight. We're just keeping it real. Oh, I'm telling you. We're talking, God, I I want a wife. Yeah, then if you want a wife, then won't you learn how to be a man to be able to court a wife in the way that God has called you to? That means you can't be dating everybody you meet. That means you can't be sleeping around with everybody you meet. That you have to allow God to bring you to a place of purity of mind and heart. Clean hands and pure hearts, baby. But in doing that and giving it to God, he will guide you and he will direct you and he will help you find a good thing. But too many of us are settling for a thing. But that's why we have to not allow our hearts to lead us. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to be the thing that guides us and lead us. Because the Bible is clear. The heart is deceitfully wicked. I'll give you one little silly example. Maybe I'm the young adult pastor at Free Chapel, and I'm also the director of our college. And you know many times I've had, like, you know, young adults in college or whatever come to me and say, Pastor Aaron, I can't show up to work or I can't show up to school. I can't show up to church. I can't serve because I feel like the Lord wants me to spend time with him. So the Lord that says in Corinthians that he's about decency and order, the Lord that talks about operating in faithful works, the, the Lord that talks about being a representation of who he is is telling you not to honor your commitments but to spend time with him. Here's the thing. I don't have to deny time with him. I need to make time for him. I don't have to steal time for him. I have to make time for him. And he's calling me to operate and taking care of my responsibilities so I can be filled up and be the man he's called me to be. I can be filled up and do the things he's called me to do. But I can't sit up here and start to manipulate things to operate in what I want to operate in. That's called pride. So to think that God wants you to cheat your responsibilities to spend time with him, is cheating God. It's cheating God. Because God is like, you're willing to bypass Creating time for me to steal time somewhere else? So I'm some cheap date? Last last time I checked, he was the worthy lamb. That's worthy of our praise. That's worthy of our worship and definitely worthy of our time. So how dare I give time to other things and not make room in time for the king of kings and the lord of lords? But here's the thing I want y'all to understand though. The beauty of a relationship with Jesus. The beauty of that relationship is that he knows us. He knows everything that we navigate. He knows the number of hairs on our head even if we're losing them. He knows so he laugh, bro. I just listen. I'm hanging on to whatever hip hop I got left, bro. Y'all pray for me. Grace, grace. But he knows every he knows how he wired us. He knows what we've been through. He knows what we're going to go through. But in the spirit of that, God is like, I know what you're fighting against. I know what you're battling against that's trying to bring you to this place of having idols and bring you to this place of interpreting all these things through idolized interpretations. And one of the main things he knows that we're navigating is self. Hear me tonight, and I'm only saying this from a place of humility of where God has brought me from. I was one of the most self-obsessed people you would ever meet. In the thing of I would always make stuff about me. I'll give you an example. Y'all ever have somebody, because this was me? They're like, yo, bro, sis, can you pray for me? And you're like, yeah, I got you. And all of a sudden you start giving this dissertation and this whole testimony. And 30 minutes later they like sleep. Like, bro, I just want a prayer. Like I did I ain't want your whole backstory. Like, I just asked for prayer. But we have a way of making everything about us. And I thought about this recently when the Bible talks about. Pure religion or undefined religion is taking care of the orphans and widows. And I thought about it. I'm like, why is that pure religion? And it hit me. It's pure religion because it has nothing to do with us and we can't get anything from it. What can an orphan give me? What can a widow give me in the context of building a, a, a business or or being successful or But when we start to understand that being a believer of Jesus Christ isn't about self, but it's about being selfless because that's what Jesus did. He paid the ultimate price for all of us, and we didn't even deserve it. But can we come to a place of being selfless where we help people and we pray for people and we encourage people, but they can't do anything for us? We can get nothing from them. That's the kind of believer I want to be to where I can pray for you and encourage you and Come to a place where whether I'm planting or watering, but believing that God will give the increase. And if I never see it, I'm okay with it. Because it's not not about bringing glory to me. It's about bringing glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But can I navigate self and allow the Holy Spirit to help me navigate self? Another thing that I believe God knows we're navigating and we're fighting is wanting security. The issue with idols is they often arise from really good things even necessary things that will lead us though to a place of allowing these things to take the place that God reserved for himself. I believe tonight God is speaking to some people in the room and saying that I want to be in your heart. I want to be at the forefront of your mind. I want to be the thing that brings you security. I want to be the thing that brings you identity. I want to be the thing that brings you value. But in our humanity, we're trying to do it ourselves. We're trying to create all these things to bring us security, to make us feel like we're somebody. But that that stuff is shaky foundation. That stuff is not going to sustain us. That stuff is not going to heal us. That stuff is not going to allow us to be navigated in the way that God has called us to be navigated. So our security must come from the Lord. Another thing I believe the Lord knows that we're fighting up against is this idea of approval. We were created, y'all, to be social beings, to live in community with one another. Therefore, it's normal to want to belong and be valued, but it's a challenge when our interpretation is set on man's approval and not God. Think about it. Sometimes we make decisions, and we're not thinking about, okay, is this pleasing to God? We're thinking, man, if I buy this car, I'm going to roll up to Victory Atlanta, and they're going to be like, yo, Brody is balling. Or we know we got bills, but we're like, man, ladies, I'm going to go shopping and get this dress because I'm going to show up to Victory Atlanta and they're going to be like, oh, look at her. Yep. <laughs> because we're wanting people's approval so much, but God is like, Stop getting the approval of people that didn't die for you. Stop getting the approval of people that didn't bleed for you. Stop getting the approval of people that can't heal you, deliver you, or set you free. But get my approval to where when you make it to heaven, I look at you with so much love, says the Lord, and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. God knows that we're fighting against relationships and how we make relationships idols. We were made to be relational beings. That's the thing you have to understand. And we long to have someone to do life with, whether it be a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a friend, or friends that we can sort of talk to and get encouraged and encourage them. God knows that, but he also knows that they can't fulfill you. Being married will not fulfill you. It will expose you. And a lot of times... Y'all, I'm only telling you stuff I've experienced. So many times I've had conversations with people, they're like, man, if I can just get married, you better be ready for therapy, though, bro, because that thing going to expose every bit of part of who. Because marriage is a mirror. So many times we're walking, doing life like this, happy, like, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. You get married, like, oh, snap, the back of my neck is, oh, my. Why y'all ain't telling me my neck was meaty? (laughs) Marriage will show you stuff, and you're just like, oh, my God. (laughs) I had the little beady beads in the back of my neck. But marriage is going to expose that thing, but we can't idolize the relationship. We have to idolize the one that will bring us to the right relationship, that will allow us to cultivate a healthy relationship, and will convict us when we're tripping in the relationship. But he knows we're navigating that couple other things he knows we're navigating. He knows we're navigating wanting success so bad. Think about this. Y'all know this. Anytime you meet someone, what is one of the first questions they ask? It's like, uh, I meant, hey, (laughs) what's up? I meant, do you even love Jesus? (laughs) Like, (laughs) but... I love y'all, man. I love this house. But we have to come to a place of knowing that success isn't in cars, money, jobs, and all that stuff. Success is walking in the will of God. And the only way you're going to know the will of God is through an intimate relationship with your creator. But we are living in this life of just, look at me, I'm successful, but I'm broken. Look at me, I got that job, but I can't handle the responsibility Look at me, I finally got that relationship, but I'm ready to shank them. (laughs) Happy success. (laughs) Y'all, these earthly successes is not the standard. It's not the standard. God, his will for your life is the standard. God's purpose for your life is the standard. God's promises that he promised you that's attached to Your nature and the goodness of what he created you in is the standard. But can we allow his success to be the measure of how we navigate what success truly is? And then the last thing that the Lord knows we're fighting is comfort. (laughs) Y'all, there's so many things that I like. I like coffee. I like movies. I like vacations. I like sleep. And Lord knows I love good food. Come on, y'all. Woo. I will tear up some soul food. I will tear up some sushi. Like, y'all, the Lord knows. She clapped and I, I felt that. Woo. But here's where our comfort will lead us away from God's will. I never forget. I always tell on myself, because I, I mean, grace, grace. I need him, you know, because he knows I'm, I'm navigating this thing. But I never forget. Years ago, we were doing a 21-day fast. And I knew I had to abstain from eating certain things. I was going to do juice, fruits, vegetables. But I came to this place of saying, man, I know we fasting, but God will forgive me if I eat this ice cream. (laughs) I said, the Lord still loves me. And the truth of the matter is, he does, but he also loves me enough to want me to build discipline and build obedience and build submission. But I had to get to a place of, not allowing my relationship with God to be based on my comfort. His goodness is not based on comfort. His goodness is based on his authority, his reverence, the honor we are supposed to have for him, and the obedience we must have when he calls us to do something. I know it's comfortable. I know, and I know you guys have heard this before because I've heard it. Some of us are willing to navigate listening to Explicit music over growing in the things of God because we're comfortable with those lyrics. And there were times that even I was comfortable with watching movies that had nudity when God was like, Bro, I'm trying to heal you of something. I need you to let it go. But we get so comfortable, we start manipulating the convictions of God to say, He's okay. He'll forgive me. And we start getting self righteous to think that, Man, I, I can watch this stuff. I'm saved. I can listen to this stuff. I'm saved. <laughs> and we leave a we leave a church service, and it's like, be this holy. <laughs> and then literally hours later, man, I shouldn't have went to her house. I shouldn't have did it. Oh Lord, help me! <gasps> help me, Jesus! <laughs> I'm so stupid. Yeah, because you just listen to three hours of, I got a wife on the side and a girlfriend. Like, what'd you expect? <laughs> and I, there's been times where people pass, I'm struggling with sexual immorality. So what you been watching? <laughs> Well, Game of Thrones is just too good, but yeah, every, every scene is... Somebody bucket naked, I'm just saying. <laughs> so if I'm constantly looking, even to the point where we're like, man, I can do social media. But guys, y'all know, let's talk real talk. As soon as you see a bikini pic, like, oh no, I didn't mean to like it. <laughs> And then it leads to one like, to another like, to another like, to a DM. Hey, boo, you up? <laughs> Ladies, I got some advice for y'all. Next time they, whatever your deadline is, it could be 10, 11, 12 in the morning. If he, if he texts you, you up, be like, yeah, I'm up fasting and praying, boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> and I suggest you do the same. <laughs> But these are the things that we're fighting against, and God knows that. So hear me tonight. We have to fight to allow God of the universe and the God who loves us to help us fight these temptations of putting ourselves in the place of God, putting putting ourselves on the throne that's reserved for only the King of kings and the Lord of lords, putting our interpretations or our wants and our desires over his word. Bringing us to a place of thinking that our decision outweighs his love, will, and path for our lives. This is why Peter gave us solid biblical wisdom. He said interpretation of scriptural prophecy requires the Holy Spirit. The valley of decisions requires the Holy Spirit. So I can't sit up here and say, God, I want you to give me this job. When he's like, bro, I'm telling you, you don't want that job. God, I really want you to give me Sarah as a boo. God's like, bro, Sarah crazy. (laughs) (laughs) God, I really, give me Tyrone. Tyrone is just a great man of God. Yeah, he capping. He in here shucking and driving like, I love Jesus. (laughs) But when he get home, he's watching everything under the sun. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit to not only convict us, but I preached this recently. We need the Holy Spirit to convince us that his way is better. That he has a plan and a purpose for your life that the person he called you to be with is right on the way. He's just asking you to wait on the Lord. Woo! We sung about it, didn't we? But how many of us are willing to wait on the Lord? How many of us are willing to wait on the Holy Spirit and keep us from a place of idolized interpretations, of interpreting the things that we think are God's purpose, but they're far from it. We need the Holy Spirit. And it says that, for it does not originate from someone's imagination. Y'all, we have a great imagination, don't we? We meet somebody and we're already thinking of the wedding day. <laughs> somebody says, hey, I want to talk to you about a job. We're already thinking about the six-figure salary <laughs> and the promotion that we're going to get the day we start. Our imaginations will, go, will literally go wild. Wild. We just start thinking of stuff like, man, I'm gonna be driving a, a benzo and da-da-da-da. Like, bro, pay your Malibu first. <laughs> Anissa, she said Anissa, don't hey, I got a Malibu. But it's paid off. And that's a side note, thank you for that. That's a side note. Idolized interpretations. We'll start buying things to get people's approval, right? And you know how many times people have been like, man, Pastor Aaron, why you got that old car, that Malibu? Hey, have you seen my house, though? <laughs> have you seen my children, though? <laughs> have, and I'm not even flexing. Have you seen my bank account? So don't come to me telling me something that appeases you when I'm riding clean, baby. I'm riding good. That thing paid off. And most importantly, I'm not in debt. I can take my family on vacations. I could take could My kids can get the things that they need. When my daughter comes to us and says, Dad, Mom, I want to do volleyball, we have the money to pay for it. And we're not struggling trying to appease man and have an interpretation of God's blessing based on material things. God's blessing is my children. God's blessing is my wife. God's blessing is me walking in purpose. (laughs) And I ain't got a stunt for nobody because the Holy Spirit stunts for me. But can we get to a place of relationally relationally allowing God to bring us to this place where we're not allowing idolized interpretations, but we're allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work. And here's what I want to leave y'all with. I want to leave y'all four things I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do in partnership with you to stay away from idolized interpretations. The first thing I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do is the Holy Spirit wants to strengthen our hearts. He wants to strengthen our hearts because I said the heart is deceitfully wicked and we'll make decisions based on a wounded heart, based on a hurting heart, based on a disappointed heart. And Carl talked about it earlier in terms of his dad. I've been where Carl was at. Where even I said to myself, man, God, I ain't going to be nothing like my dad. I'm going to be a good father. And God's like, bro, really? That's the standard? <laughs> a dad that wasn't there is, is the standard for you? Bro, You great. <laughs> You'll do that easy. But God had a better standard. But I had to let him strengthen my heart. And this is how he wants to do it. Hebrews 13.9 says, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. The earthly things can't strengthen you. That job can't strengthen you. That relationship can't strengthen you. But it is by grace and grace alone that God gives you the ability through the Holy Spirit to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free, to where the glory ain't yours, but the glory is all his. Because there's nothing in my life that I've done to get me here, but it was by the grace of God, the mercy of God, because I shouldn't be standing before you. But God loves us enough to say, you know what, I'll take filthy and dirty things And I'll dust you and clean you off. And I'll strengthen your heart to do great and amazing things through me and by me. If you allow my spirit, the grace of my spirit to do it. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen our heart. The second thing is we have to find contentment. Part of why we idolize interpretations is due to striving to get something or to be known or to be famous. Why does everybody want to be famous? Like, think about it, we want to be TikTok famous, we want to be IG famous, we want to be Snapchat famous. You don't want to be Snapchat famous. (laughs) People want to be Twitter famous, people want to be movie famous, people want to be hip-hop famous. And it's like, everybody's trying to be famous and do something great, it's like, bro, how do you want to be famous rapping and singing and you can't rap and sing? I'm sorry, singing is not my anointing. Y'all know how many times I would mess with Carl? I'd be like, Carl, man, let me get on the track. He'd be like, cuz, I love you, but you can't sing, bro. But we have to find contentment in the things of God. This is why I love Jesus and Paul, because they modeled it beautifully. And I love what Philippians 4, 11 and 12 says. It says that I am not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. Anybody have ever been in need? And I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Do you know how freeing it is to not have to strive for anything, but just allow a relationship with the intimate God to continue to just bless us? Because according to his his word in Ephesians, it says that he chose us to walk in spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He didn't say, choose me, strive, do all this. No, he said, I already chose you, and it's already stamped. Your position is already good, and all you have to do is love me. All you have to do is worship me. All you have to do is obey me, and you got spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Those type of blessings are generational. And that's what I want. For my son who came here tonight with his little guitar to worship, I'm like, God, if you called him to be a worship worshiper, pass that blessing to him. To where now he's walking in the blessing. And then now his children are going to walk in the blessing. And then their children are going to walk in the blessing. Because that's what we're called to do as believers of God. When we are kingdom people, we're walking in heavenly blessings. And heavenly blessings ain't that job or that money. Heavenly blessings is peace. Heavenly blessings is joy. Heavenly blessings is kindness and gentleness. Heavenly blessings is when I am literally on the verge of losing it and taking my life. God is stepping in and saying, no, I have a purpose and a plan for you. Don't do it. I love you. I love you. I love you. Those are the blessings I want to walk in. But the question is, can we just be content with him? Or do I want to flex to show how great I am? how cool I am and how smart I am when I don't know nothing. <laughs> Apart from his word, I can do nothing and I know nothing. But if I abide in him, he will abide in me, and therefore the Bible says I will bear much fruit, fruit that will remain and fruit that will last. The third thing we need to do is allow the Holy Spirit to convince us and bring us to a place of talking with a multitude of counselors. Here's what we will do. One example is we'll talk to a counselor, to wise counselor or a pastor or somebody, and we're hoping that they agree with us. So we'll go and say, hey, I've been thinking about getting married tomorrow. What should I do? Oh, you don't agree? Uh, You trip. I'm going to the next person. And we'll keep going to the next person, next person, next person, leading us to this place of, sir, ma'am, I know I just met you, but I want to get married tomorrow. What do you think I should do? That's what we do because we want stuff so bad we're not willing to talk to wise counsel. But the Bible is clear in Proverbs 11 and 14 where there is no counsel, people will fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety because there's, you got to see it like this. It's almost like a bowling alley. A multitude of counselors are going to keep us from going into the gutter but those rails are there to keep us and guard us and to give us understanding and perspective. So when we go into the gutter and we're almost tipping over, they're like, no, 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 I got you. Don't make that decision. Don't make that choice. Just wait on the Lord. He got something for you. He wants to show you something. Part of the journey and part of the place you're at is not because God is mad at you or he hates you or he's disgusted with you. No, he's trying to show you something. He wants to show you an aspect of his goodness. He wants to show you that it's by his might and his power, not yours, but that his spirit will bring you to a place of clarity, of understanding, and of freedom. But we have to allow ourselves to have a multitude of counselors. And then the last thing the Holy Spirit wants to do to help us stay away from idolized interpretations is he just wants us to be honest. Just be honest. I love Romans 12. And, I, and I, I love the passion translation because Paul, oh, gee, man, he was telling it straight. He didn't hold back. But he said this. He said, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. See, when we're not honest and we're not open, it's pride. It's the same posture that Lucifer was operating in where it's all about me. I don't have to hide my proclivities. I don't have to hide my sins. I can bring them to the Lord and He's going to take care of me and guide me and direct me. But sometimes we're not willing to be honest with God. Therefore, we can't be honest with ourselves. And then scripture goes on to say, I will ask each of you to be emptied of self promotion. All we want to do is promote ourselves. We're doing the work of the kingdom in in silence, and somehow we got to put it on Instagram. Look at me. I'm feeding the poor. Hashtag saved. Hashtag God gets the glory. Where? Self-promotion. But Paul is saying, please just stay away from that. And he says, and not create a false image of your importance. You think God cares about your talents? You think God, he cares about his glory. He cares about his kingdom. Will he use your talents, gifts, and who you are? Absolutely. But he cares more about his kingdom than he does your reputation. He cares more about his sons and his daughters than he does your IG. He cares more about people coming into an intimate relationship with him than people liking the things that you post but we just have to come to a place of being honest. And he says, instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. And then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. My identity and my value is in nothing but the cross. Because nobody paid the ultimate price for me, Jesus did. And he paid top dollar for it. So don't be coming with your change trying to buy something. You ain't got the money to pay for because Jesus already paid for it. And he paid top dollar for me to be saved. He paid top dollar for me to be delivered. He paid top dollar for me to be set free. So why wouldn't I worship him? Why wouldn't I serve him? Why wouldn't I give him my heart and my mind and my decisions? Why would I allow myself to interpret his word, his prophecy, his will and his voice through the lens of me when I haven't sacrificed anything. But he just want me to be honest and open and say, God, I'm weak. I need you. God, I'm struggling. I need you. God, I can't make it without you. Guide me. God, I can't get over this hurt and this disappointment. Heal me. But can we stay away from idolized interpretations and allow God to help us find wise counsel, to allow God to bring us to a place of contentment, to have our hearts strengthened to a place where we're just, we're honest. I need help, I need prayer. Sometimes it's just as simple as I need a hug. Stand to your feet. I ask the question tonight as you think and you process, where have you had idolized interpretations? Where have you struggled in the valley of decisions? And the question I have is as you process that, have you come to a place of saying, God, whatever decision I make, whatever I do, whatever. I feel like I'm called to be I'm just gonna give it to you. I'm gonna rely on you. I'm gonna let you navigate and guide me. I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding. I'm gonna lead and live and lean on your goodness, your grace and your mercy. So what I wanna do is I want us to go back and worship and sing this song and I want you to process and think through times you've made interpretations of things through idols. And I want us to posture our heart of now coming to a place where we become the next generation of true faith-filled believers that everything we do, all we are, is through the lens of a good God. And we're willing to give it to him all and say, God, there's nothing else I want, nothing else I need, nothing else I desire but you. Because only you can satisfy me. Let's worship.